Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Hey, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Nickel, nickel. Hey, rip, 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 rip. Hey, rip, 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 rip. Linebacker Shaq Quarterman mic'd up in the first preseason game last week, a guy who was having a great training camp and is really going to add to this depth of the linebacker core here this preseason. Welcome to Jaguars Drive Time. Ashlyn Sullivan and Brian Sexton here with you. You can check out that mic'd up on Jaguars.com. I will. I like Shaq. Another one for you tomorrow night because tomorrow night is preseason game number two, the first home game here in a very long time, the first home game. For Doug Peterson, and I go back to the draft party, and, and you saw the look on Coach Peterson's face when he walked out on the stage, and he saw this mass of Jaguars fans. I can imagine tomorrow is going to be a pretty cool moment for him. Yeah, you know, he missed football last year. I mean, I think he enjoyed, and he talked when they hired him about all the life experiences, the loss of his brother, I think the addition of a grandchild. I mean, all of the things that happened in his life, he was able to be connected to, like coaches generally aren't during mm-hmm. the football season. However... He missed the game. Yeah. And you can see that. You could hear it in his voice in January. You've seen it throughout the offseason, and I expect we'll see it tomorrow night. Absolutely. So let's get into big things, shall we? Very big thing. One is starters. We are going to see the starters for the Jaguars tomorrow night for a couple of series tomorrow night at 7 o'clock when the Jaguars take on the Browns. We're also going to see Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. That's a whole another topic that we're going to get into. But Coach Doug Peterson, what is your philosophy on playing these starters tomorrow night? This week, I'm going to let the starters play, um, you know, get their feet wet a little bit in this football game, a couple series, um, nothing too nothing too crazy, nothing too long, but just want to get them the feel of the game and, and get them in there and uh, get them working, you know, in, in game, game situations. Big thing, too, is live. Last Sunday's training camp practice was the most intense training camp practice we have seen in years, and that is because it was live tackling to the ground. We're going to see that again this upcoming Monday, Coach Peterson has it planned out for two days in training camp. So safety, Andre Cisco. what is the benefit of a live training camp practice? 
it's probably what you get the least when it comes to practicing football. So, um, you know, when you get these, these practices to embrace that, and, and he says it's on go, like everybody's going to be on the same type of time. Um, I embrace that, and I'm, I'm glad that we get to do it because, um, yeah, I would say you need a few times before the, before the game just to know, set your pads, is how they like to say it. And, and so I agree. Uh, I think the same thing. And finally, Big Thing 3 is competition. Now is the time in training camp where we're going to start crunching numbers and try to figure out who is going to make this final roster. On Saturday is the first cut day. It goes from 90 to an 85-man roster. And one position we're really going to pay attention to is that last wide receiver spot, whether they keep five, maybe six, someone like a Tim Jones, Jeff Cotton, Press Taylor. Who is going to get that job? They're battling. They're in the conversation for it. Um... There's going to be a lot of factors involved. You know, you kind of want to see as you as you get through to the fourth, fifth, sixth receiver, what their versatility can be. You know, what I mean, you, you you come in, you assume you have this starter, that starter, that starter. If somebody goes down, who can fill in? Do you fill in one spot? Can you fill in multiple spots? Do we have to move three guys to get you where you're comfortable? And then at the same time, you know, if all things go well, and you have three, four really established receivers that are playing well, that fifth guy, sometimes his value becomes more special to him. You know, there's not a lot of reps from a receiver standpoint. So who steps up? What is, what is Heath and Luke's opinion of that guy and his ability and special teams? And how can he contribute to the team if he is to get that jersey on a Sunday? Press Taylor on the wide receiver as a whole. And how many are going to make this team a big note for tomorrow's game? Is Christian Kirk rolling his ankle a couple days ago? Will he play? That's uncertain as of now. He's going to be fine if he doesn't play. It's preseason game number two. But with all these new additions, Brian, you would kind of like to see your offense as a whole together as one a couple series. Well, right. And so, I mean, I come from an era where guys played in the first preseason game, and they played in the last preseason mm-hmm. game. I mean, you were smart about it, but you gave guys opportunities through the course of the entire preseason to get them ready. You just heard Andre Sisco say that the contact part of the game is that which you don't get in practice. So you get to the season, you want to be conditioned for it, right? Um, so it's a little tough for me. Now, I'll go back to the post-game show last uh, last Thursday night, Friday morning um, with Doug Peterson, who I thought gave us a very uh, uh, insightful comment about his philosophy. He said one or two injuries in August can completely transform the way your season goes. So he's telling you, look, I want to get things done. I'm going to do live practices, but I'm going to be real cautious with it. So he said a couple series. I, I expect him to hold it that a couple series, maybe two. Right. If they get nothing done, maybe a third. Um, but these guys have got to get into the game and get tempo going. Yeah. It would be different if you were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Deep into the playoffs the last couple of years, a Super Bowl, you got Tom Brady. You, you don't need as much. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need as much. But this is a new coaching staff with a newly – is it rebuilt offensive line? I think it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of new names and faces on defense. You'd like to get some time in August to work on those against the Browns and the Steelers and the Falcons. Yeah, and maybe to a surprise to some is Travis Etienne getting back on the field. As it was up to Travis Etienne, he would have played last yep. week. And you don't blame the it was coach. Up to me, I would have played him a couple. And <laughs> right. I don't blame him at all. I just you're gonna hold your breath on him and Until Trevor. You see it. Yeah. And you're gonna hold your breath in August the entire time they're out there. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just the way it goes. But they need it. They know they need it at this point in their career. Their time will come where you won't see those guys anywhere near a preseason But they're far from that. But they're not there yet. Right. And Travis Etienne, such a moment for him. Basically an entire year of missing game action. And the guy we saw take a ton of hits in that live training camp portion. He's going to take some hits tomorrow as well. 
but you can just see the giddiness in his eyes. He's ready to get back out there. I'm not generally a skeptical person, but I was really skeptical of his ability to be where he is right now. It's a major injury. I know we've said it before. Corey Grant in 2018 had the exact same injury in Kansas City, and we never saw him again. Yeah. Right? I don't know never. what he's doing now. Yeah. No, no, I never even saw him in the building again. Yeah. Normally, you see the guys rehabbing, right? So here's a guy who relies on that first step explosiveness, like Corey Grant did. Mm -hmm. And to see where he is right now, what's well, a testament to him, to the doctors, to the coaching staff, and the way they've worked him back into this. You're going to hold your breath on him the first time he gets up off the field, and the next time, probably. Mm -hmm. But he's a running back. It's what they do. Get him out on the field. Get him used to the contact. Two, three series, and they get him out. Right. And as we are holding our breath on the training camp field, and he took the hardest hit I've ever seen in my life, and that's withstanding on a game field every right. Sunday, Trevor Lawrence is like, oh, yeah, he's fine. He'll pop yeah. back up. No big deal. Yeah. It, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, being dramatic on the sideline. Is he going to get up? It's not the contact that causes the problem most of the time, right? right? It's getting your foot stuck somewhere in, in the field. The contact, these guys are used to the contact. Mm -hmm. So, really quickly before we exit to big things, one thing that we are all going to pay attention to with binoculars is the starting offensive line. When they go out for the first series, the position battle we're paying the most attention to mm, right is tackle. right tackle. Is Jawan Taylor or Walker Little going to run out first? And whoever it is, I think, tells you momentum of who has that lead job. I don't have any doubt who will do it in September. I, I don't know because you know how coaches play motivational games with players oh, yeah. Yeah. to get them going. That right there, Walker Little is your right tackle. He just has better lateral movement. He's quicker than Juwan Taylor. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but Juwan Taylor belongs inside. That's where I think he is best served. Sounds like he's going to be the swing tackle if he doesn't win the job, right? Right. Um, but Walker Little has had a sensational camp. He has looked tremendous from the start to the finish. Now, that could change. He could go out and play very poorly if he has to line up and Miles Garrett is in the game at all right. on, but a on great Friday test, night. Right? Uh, 100%. And I think he'll do okay. Um Things can change, but from what I've seen, I think Walker Little is your right tackle. And what he's your right tackle for a long time. You're set there now. Right. And all you can ask for is an opportunity if you're Walker Little. Right. And here it is. If you're the guy to walk out, go line up against a right. great Browns defensive front and prove you're the guy. Based on Boom. what I've seen, 100%. Based on what I've seen right now, if they made him the starting tackle and say he's won the job, I'd go, absolutely, I've seen that. Right. 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 I wouldn't go, well, hold on. We haven't seen enough of Juwan Taylor. We've seen Juwan the last couple of years. We know what his strengths are. We know where he needs to get better. Walker Little has played really well. Yeah, and it doesn't help that Juwan Taylor was fighting an injury last week. No. But but these things happen, and then it's the next man up where Walker Little was was right there. Well, I want to say it again. Everyone's so sensitive to Juwan's feelings because Juwan is a great kid. <laughs> he is. Right? He's a great and, person. And he, would, and, and, and he was not happy last year when he was asked the question in a news conference, what do you think about playing guard? Well, I get played to play, paid to play tackle, right? I'm a tackle. It's, it's, it's no slight. The guy next to you makes $18 million a year, right? Guards get paid. If you're a great player, you're going to get paid. But you might not be a great right tackle in this league. You might be a great guard in this league, yeah. right? Don't be opposed to making $18 million and playing three feet to the left of where you've been I'd be playing. okay with that, yeah. I would too. you think. <laughs> I mean, Juwan's a great kid. This is. is not personal. It's just objective. What you see in yeah. Walker Little is a pure tackle mm -hmm. and what I see in Juwan Taylor is a mauling guard yeah and who's gonna be the better guy tomorrow that's the key yep all right that is big things when we come back Nathan Zagura Browns color analyst on Cleveland Browns radio joins us on Jaguars drive time 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Move Day is Jacksonville's most dependable and caring local moving company. Move Day is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a free instant quote, call 844-MY-MOVE-DAY or visit movedaymovers.com. We're back, Jaguars drive time. Just like good old days, it is time for he will, he won't, he might. The day before a game, which isn't always yeah. how it goes, but yeah. we're previewing who we think is going to have a big game tomorrow for the second preseason game. A guy we just talked a lot about and big things, but yeah. it bears I, merit. I, you know, I, I went heavy on Walker Little, and he's my he will, he won't, he might. So he will be the starting right tackle for this football team. Uh, he has had a tremendous camp, as I mentioned earlier. He's just very fluid. His feet are light. His hips are fluid. He moves well. He gets outside. He can redirect and do all the things that you hear offensive line coaches do. He is a guy who has a long, long and bright future playing offensive tackle in the league. Um, he won't disappoint if he sees Miles Garrett tomorrow night. Uh, Miles Garrett is the best big pass rusher, I think, in the game today. 16 sacks last season, 58 and a half the last four years. He, he has just been a tremendous player since being taken first overall by the Browns. Um, and I don't think that Walker Little will struggle. I mean, look, Miles Garrett makes a lot of people struggle. He beats people. But I think this would be a great opportunity if he gets in a couple of rounds against him. Again, it's preseason. We don't know. Um, but he won't be overmatched by that. Um, and he might be the most interesting guy in the locker room. I mean, he's, he went to Stanford, so you know he's a really bright guy. Did you know that he was high school teammates with Caleb on Chase on at Episcopal in Houston? I did not. No, right. Um, he's smart. He's funny. He's witty. He, he's very interesting to talk to. Yes. Um, he might be one of the most underrated interviews in the locker room. We didn't talk to him a lot last year. He didn't play a lot last year. Just started three games. But I think we'll talk to him more this year if he's the starting right tackle. Um, and he might be that guy that becomes a go-to guy because he's very candid. Yes. He'll tell you exactly what he thinks, whether he should or shouldn't. You know, veterans kind of, they know how to say the right thing and coaches. Walker just gives you a look like, well, that's the truth, right? Yeah. Which I love. Please give me young players who just know to say what they know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Funny enough, last week's game was the first time a locker room was open to media in what? Two years, three years, and we went right up to Walker Little, and here comes Brandon Sheriff to pull out his phone and document that Walker Little was talking to this scrum of media. They have this weird rule where if you're an offensive lineman, God forbid, you talk to media. They like to find each other right. They call themselves the Mushroom Society. I can't (laughs) tell you why on the air. Meanwhile, there's some of the best talkers and best insightful interviews you can get on the team. 100%. Coach Rauscher is 
because they, they have an understanding of what everything, yeah. everyone around them is doing, right? Um, so th they have to be well-versed in what's going on. And I love their insight. I do too. And I think it's funny, the little joke. Uh, who knows if they actually get fined or not, but if so, Walker Little was getting a big one because he had like 30 media members around him. Yeah. The but league had to step in in Denver in the late 90s when Gary Zimmer was the starting left tackle because Gary was literally fining the Broncos offensive line. They had Terrell Davis <laughs> and John Elway, and they were, you know, this was the best team in the AFC. You had and to talk. The, none of the yeah. offensive linemen were talking, so the league had to send him a fine. I oh, mean, gosh. it was it became a big yeah. deal. You want to get yeah. fined, have up from it, the league. It's not the first time offensive linemen have not wanted. And, and by the way, did anybody think that the offensive line without Brandon Linder, who never wanted to talk, <laughs> would become less talkative? <laughs> right. Right? Very funny. Love you, Brandon. All right. My he will, he won't, he might is safety. Andre Sisto, he will take a giant leap this season. Starting tomorrow night, this is your starting safety. And a couple months ago, we couldn't say that with confidence. Now watching a couple weeks of training camp practice as he takes every rep with the ones he will be your starting safety he will take a giant leap because he's just getting more reps he's playing more so of course he's going to take a giant leap he won't forget the weirdness I guess you can say of last season I thought he was incredibly candid and and he didn't throw anyone under the bus yesterday in his press conference but he did say yeah it was a little weird I didn't get the reps that I was hoping I was going to get last season old coaching staff didn't feel like he was ready didn't feel like he needed those reps he said, I'm coming off an ACL injury. I would have loved to have played more last year. Hey, here's his chance. But he's not going to forget the weirdness of last year and how he didn't get the reps that we all thought he deserved. At least a, a chance to play more last year. He might have had the hardest hit I've ever seen in my entire life against Travis Etienne. He said he went back and watched the tape on the hit of Travis Etienne and said, oh, yeah, that was a little harsh. But he said, I'm not going to apologize for it because that's what I do. I'm supposed to hit guys hard. This takedown of Josh Jacobs in the open field, right? And NFL running backs, especially starting caliber running backs like this, uh, they can make guys look bad. And he made open field tackle after open field tackle. That one's on Zaheer White. Um, I was super impressed. And, and again, I didn't see enough from him last year to know. I knew his reputation from Syracuse was ball hawk. I think he had 13 takeaways in his three years there before the ACL. Um, he looks like he belongs in the middle of the field. The knock on him last year was he didn't want to hit, but I think what it, I think, <laughs> yeah. but it, uh, clearly we saw we that's not saw the issue. That. Yeah. I, I, I think what the issue really was, was that he wasn't getting the reps and he was coming off the ACL and he didn't necessarily know exactly what to do, right? Which is what happens to a lot of young players right. is that they're not sure. So what do they do? They play slow. Mm -hmm. They play tentative. Right. Um, he's playing anything but slow or tentative this year. We've seen it through one game. I expect... Again, we don't know who's going to play for the uh, the Browns tomorrow night. They haven't, you know, laid it all out. If Deshaun Watson's playing, I guess Nick Chubb might play. Mm -hmm. uh, if that's the case, good. Right. right. Let's see him go up and hit Nick Chubb. Right. right. And you see, for Andre Sisco, you understand the playing slow. It's because you're not getting the reps to improve. And if this is a draft pick that you, you believe in, yep. it might be costly a couple of games. But People he's might play. forget, Shalene, that this was a guy who had first round grades oh, yeah. on him before the ACL. Mm -hmm. Then the ACL comes, he slides to the third round. Kind of like Walker Little, right? Right. Walker had the knee injury in 19, didn't play in 20. All of a sudden, here he comes. He's starting to play well. You know, those are some value picks because they're great young players yeah. with upside. And we're seeing it pay off now. And right That's now, sure. it looks good. And that is he will, he won't, he might, presented by Move Day coming up on Jaguars Drive Time. I look into the Cleveland Browns and what is all going on in Cleveland. Nathan Zagura, Browns color analyst, joins us next. 
If you're a Jaguars fan on the go, we've got the ticketing plan for you. The bundle at the bank is designed to fit your schedule and save you money by creating your own custom plan. From celebrating Tony Baselli's Hall of Fame enshrinement on October 9th to cheering us on against the Dallas Cowboys on December 18th, you get the flexibility you want. Visit Jaguars.com for your bundle at the bank. We are back, Jaguars Drive Time, brought to you by the Fields Auto Group. It is Thursday. We are getting ready for our second preseason game against the Cleveland Browns tomorrow night, and no one knows the Cleveland Browns better than this guy, color analyst for the Cleveland Browns. Nathan Zagura joins us now on Jaguars Drive Time. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be down in Jacksonville and excited to uh, finally see some football for the Browns. Got to watch the Jags, obviously, in the Hall of Fame game, but excited for uh, game one of the Browns preseason this year. Absolutely. We're excited to see some starters play. And, and my gosh, you you have a storyline in Cleveland. We're hearing Deshaun Watson <laughs> is going to play tomorrow night. Is that accurate? And, and what went into that decision? Yeah, the expectation is that Deshaun Watson will start at quarterback for the Browns on Friday night against the Jags. And I think he hasn't played, right? He didn't play last season, as we know. And so you want to get him some live action against an opponent, in this case, in the Jags. And and good work if the Jags are going to play some of their starters as well. You know, you got Josh Allen on one side, Trevon Walker on the other. They can get after the quarterback a little bit. And so kind of get him those live reps, I think, will be very helpful. I don't think it'll be much. I think if he has one really good series where they go on, you know, an 8-10 play drive and they get in the end zone, that'll probably be it. But otherwise, yeah, maybe you'll see a couple of series out there with Deshaun Watson just to get him some game action for the first time since that 2020 season. So how's he looked? Has he looked like he hasn't played in, in more than a year or is training camp just picking right back up where he left off at one point? I mean, last time we saw him play, he leads the league in passing, completes over 70% of his passes. And he looks great, and I think it's kind of amazing given everything else that's going on. Not just the fact that he's been rusty and hasn't played football since the 2020 season, but given everything that's going on off of the field, his ability to lock in has been incredible. I can tell you that he is a very easy thrower of the football. He's an incredibly accurate thrower of the football. Talking to a lot of the guys on our defense, they say sometimes we feel like we have great coverage and he just fits the ball in. So he has looked very much like the guy that you would expect to be a franchise quarterback and the guy that, as I said, led the league in passing in 2020. So, yeah, he's looked great. And for the Browns now, the hard part is you just don't know how much of Deshaun Watson you'll get in this 2022 season. So, and I know that Kevin Stefanski has said they have a plan, they're going to stick to it. Has he detailed that? I mean, it's... It, You've got a team loaded on defense, and they added so yep. many key players on offense, obviously with the caveat of when the quarterback comes. What's their thought process I mean, about getting Jacoby Brissett ready to go for whatever length of time he has to be ready to go? Yeah, I think we'll see Deshaun this week, and then I think after this game, you will see a transition fully into getting Jacoby Brissett ready to go for this season. And Jacoby Brissett's a guy that obviously the Jags would know well, spending a couple of years there with the Indianapolis Colts, a veteran. They are very comfortable with Jacoby Brissett, but obviously the offense you're going to run with Jacoby Brissett is very different than the offense that you could run with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. In fact, with Jacoby, I think we'll see a lot of what we saw under Kevin Stefanski with Baker Mayfield the last two seasons where some two tight ends, you lean on Nick Chubb, lean on Kareem Hunt, that great offensive line. You take shots where they're available and then rely on your excellent defense, as you pointed out. This is a very, very good roster. And this is a team that has absolutely the chance to go as far as they want with the caveat being, you know, I think what Jacoby said, this can absolutely be a winning football team. With Deshaun Watson, this is a team that that has a chance to compete deep into the, pre, uh, the postseason. 
And of course, everyone will be watching Deshaun Watson, us included. The entire NFL is going to watch that. But I know there's other storylines you will be paying attention to. Is there a matchup or a player that Jaguars fans should know about for tomorrow night? Yeah, I think, you know, I wouldn't expect to see Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, but for the Browns running the football, Dearness Johnson is an incredibly talented running back. And last year when he had to fill in for us on offense uh, on Thursday night against the Denver Broncos, rushed for over 100 yards, was the FedEx ground player of the week in a big Browns win. So he's somebody that you'll certainly get a look at. But really from a guys that need to step up, I'll give you a couple of names there. Number one on offense, Anthony Schwartz. And I'll even say David Bell. Our third round pick last year was a receiver, Schwartz. Our third round pick this year was a receiver in David Bell out of Purdue, who was you know the best receiver in the Big Ten last season. Those two guys are going to be very important because our wide receiver room behind Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones is, is, is really – it's – largely unproven it's a lot of young guys who have not done much in the league so that those are some guys to watch offensively defensively I think we have a couple of really good young corners Greg Newsom our, our first round pick a year ago uh, who got his kind of first action last year in Jacksonville going against Marvin Jones that gave him a lot of confidence and then we have a guy MJ Emerson who was our third round pick this year out of Mississippi State. 6'2", he can run. He is one of the best cover guys in the SEC. In fact, he was targeted on only 13% of his cover snaps a year ago. And I know our coaches are very excited about what he's shown so far. So, you know, getting to go against Trevor Lawrence and, and hopefully some of those receivers, you know, with Christian Kirk coming in the mix and Marvin Jones, you know, and Zay Jones and LaVisca Chenault, this should be a good test for our secondary. And I think we've got some good young guys on the back end of this defense. Great to hear it. And just confirming, you, you don't believe that starting running backs will see them tomorrow night, correct? We're breaking news. Yeah, it's Kevin, Kevin Stefanski worded it that we will see a lot of the starters. I think that you could imagine a scenario in which, you know, Nick Chubb's not going to play or Miles Garrett or Clowney, the guys that have done it. And you know, I'd even put Kareem Hunt potentially in that group, guys that have done it at a high level in the league that we need these guys ready for week one. We know they put in the work. We know they're going to be ready. Those are the people we need to see in week one rather than in the preseason. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. Well, Nathan, we'll see you in Jacksonville tomorrow night. Thank you so much for joining us on Jaguars Drive Time. Always a pleasure. Two years in a row. Maybe we'll do it uh, another year there in 2023. You can book it. Yes, we'll schedule you in now. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. More to come right here on Jaguars Drive Time. for the year and I would be a heavy underdog in it but I'll take it I'll take the Jags season win total straight up versus the Patriots season win total I, I, I think the Jags will win as many wow. or more games than the New England Patriots not a terrible take on first things first yesterday welcome back to Jaguars drive time one more segment for you and we're hearing that more as training camp goes on you hear all these positive optimistic stories coming out of Jacksonville and Kind of like in New England, Mac Jones, they're saying not looking as good. Now, all of a sudden, people are starting to bet on these season win totals. Well, I thought what was interesting was the facial reaction yeah. by the oh other three folks. Right. And, you know, in, uh, those network folks don't spend a lot of time looking at Jacksonville. Right. There's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. That doesn't mean there aren't going to be some growing pains here oh, yeah. as, as Doug gets his system going. But I really believe by the end of this season that people around the league, more people around the league, will look like that guy did. And I don't know his name. I'm sorry to you. On first things first? Yeah, who that no, was? I don't know okay. that group. Um, I, 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 there'll be more people that'll be looking. And I, the quarterback's obviously the reason. He's been tremendous so far. Mm -hmm. Folks will get their first look at him tomorrow night against the Cleveland Browns. But he's been aggressive. 
Um, I, I just I like the way he's pushing it mm-hmm. and pushing his team. He's in control. He very much is. And I think coming off the Hall of Fame game against the Raiders, the biggest question was you saw them run really well against the Jaguars. Right. And I kept telling myself, okay, well, you got to see the starting defense. You know, I know some defensive starters played. That's the biggest thing I'll be looking for tomorrow. If the Browns can run the ball right. like we saw last week, all right, then you got a problem. And then you have something to improve the Browns on. Browns averaged 5.9 or 5.09, so 5.1 mm-hmm. yards per rushing attempt last year. They run the ball, right, Very on well. everybody. Right. Five yards is insane. Led the league. Uh, so you're talking now about one of the best in the league, but they're not coming in with their guys. Right. So you it'll be interesting. But, but you bring you bring Foye Luakani in for that very reason. Right and Foley Fatukasi for that very reason to be able to shore up the run. We're not going to see Devin Lloyd. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll get a chance to see him again. You want to? That's the growing pain. That's the growth curve that we still have to see. You got to get everybody on the field. You got to get them into the system. You got to get them reps. It might take a couple of weeks into the season for them to start looking like that team that that guy was mentioning. But you can see the glimpses of it right now. Right. Oh, my goodness. That's a lovely ringtone. We're going to see you on the preseason broadcast tomorrow night with Bucky Brooks. Yeah, we're getting ready to sit down and kind of go through all that uh, here today and get ready for tomorrow. It uh, it's always fun in the preseason because Bucky does such a great job. He knows all the players on both rosters so well because his draft preparation is a big part of what he does at NFL Network. Yes, we are excited to see him in the booth. He did a fantastic job last season, so give it another go. Will yeah, you? here we go. Here we go. All right, stay with us on Jaguars.com for preseason game number two. We have all of your coverage tomorrow starting with the Public's Tailgate Show. Stay with us, and we will see you next Monday back here on Jaguars Drive Home. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.